0: On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. On News Talk. We're going to talk more about the questions that RTE now need to face. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by uh, former RTE journalist Valerie Cox, but we are joined in studio now uh, by Seamus Dooley uh, of the Irish branch of the NEJ and also by Brian Stanley, the Sinn Féin TD for Lee Shoffley, who's the chairperson of the Public Accounts Committee. Uh, Brian, you're going to be having senior figures from RTE in um, on Thursday afternoon. Sorry, I should say, at very now, at least right now, you have proposed to have them in. Have you heard back to, to know for certain that they're going to be coming in on Thursday?
1: Yes, my understanding is that they will be. Um, who's coming? I can't. That hasn't been fully confirmed at this point, but uh, we do want the uh, the executive management team there. Mm. Uh, Does that include the director general? Uh, yes, and the acting the acting director general. We do want the former director general, and I met mm. a point of this right. But well, she thought,
0: is still the current director general. Absolutely, point, right,
1: yeah. right from last Thursday, whether she's on whether she's on leave or whether she's suspended. I know that uh, on Thursday we were told she was uh, she was on leave. Mm. Uh, then on Friday we were told, uh, sorry about that. But she was actually suspended on Wednesday, which is curious in itself. Uh, but uh, whether which or whether I expect her to be before to be before the public accounts committee next Thursday afternoon. Mm. Uh,
0: what questions do you have forefront that that need to be addressed by the committee? What what exactly is it that you're going to be asking
1: of them when they're in? We have a whole, we have ranges of questions, not just a range of questions, but who who exactly, uh, who exactly dreamt up this? Uh, who, whose brainchild was it? Who set it up? Who organized it? Who sent off on it? Very important. And who knew about it within the management team? And why? I want to, I, um, I want to ask Miss Forbes this directly. Why were we misled over the past three years by her? Are there other cases? We need to know that. Uh, are there other uh, side deals like this being done hmm. where public funds has been used we uh, you say
0: misled uh, just, just put put a finer point on that how do you think you've been misled in the last few years?
1: Well we've been deliberately misled because when when RT um, Senior Management came before the Public Accounts Committee they told us that to the, uh, give us figures for the pay levels of the top 10 which we know now were false in relation to Brian Turbety, Uh were the false in relation to others I don't know are there other side deals uh, there's talk that there may be uh, certainly, that there may be other cases to be examined here. We need to know all of that, and they need to come out speedily and tell us all about that. But we want we want full scrutiny of all all uh, all the finance all the financial systems and accounts in RTE, and that needs to happen fairly quickly. And we need to know we need to know what other contract arrangements are in place. Uh, are Are there other contract arrangements where there side deals involved with other senior presenters? Okay.
0: You said that just there in passing that there there might be something suggested that there are other similar deals, just just for clarity's sake, are you just basing that on things that might have been reported in the media or wearing your p a c pad of people come to you with that kind of information?
1: well there are there are some reports that that there may be, and that obviously can't be confirmed until we actually find out. okay, but it, but the people who can, the people who can confirm this very quickly are anybody who is involved in setting them up mm. and d Forbes certainly could come out today. And say, is she aware of any any other side deals uh, where taxpayers and public funds are being used? So I would call on D Forbes to come out and do that. She can come out and do that immediately. Is there any other information regarding any other? senior stars or presenters okay. uh, where side deals like this has been done and where the money has been hidden for years like this. All right.
0: Um, as I said, Seamus Dooley, who's the Irish Secretary of the National Union of Journalists is with us in studio as well. Seamus, I hope you don't mind me saying that you, you revealed to us just uh, during the news there that you were a spectator of pride yesterday and that you found it very difficult to be able to pay attention without people coming over uh, to have their tuppence worth. So th- this is something which, which people on the ground are very exercised by.
2: It, it is. and uh, Not just yesterday. It's the first time in a long time that I had Observed rather than took part, taken part, and even with sunglasses and the sun hat, I was still recognised uh, from probably too many media appearances during <laughs> the week. But the reality is that this has captured the imagination. Uh, yes, on the bus, living in D- liberties. Uh, meeting people on the street. It's a story that interests people because people have a, a genuine interest in public service broadcasting and in media in general yeah. uh, and a very high regard for Ryan Tupperly. So all of that combines. Mm. And so I, if,
0: if people are exercised yeah. then, they're coming up to you when you're wearing your sunglasses and sun hat. what exactly is it that they're saying to
2: you? Well, I wouldn't repeat some of what they said, okay. but actually, they're gener- generally, I think uh, the reaction I was getting was that A sense of anger, a sense of frustration and also, and obviously I would say that they're saying this to me because they recognise me, they know I'm a trade union official, sympathy for ordinary workers on the ground uh, because they know that this is not the RTE they know. Uh, The corporate governance failures are the failures of a small group of people. But And there's no one more angry than RTE employees themselves. And that anger comes from people everywhere, from Tree Rock Mountain to Cork to Montrose. It comes from the people in the admin building that Gayvorn used to call the Hilton, uh, to my members, to technical crews. Uh, And the people who are most angry are people who sat across the table from me. And who told me that everyone was being treated fairly and equally, mm. and who were not, and, and who, in good faith, in, in, entered into negotiations, which ended up with us mm. giving uh, accepting pay cuts.
0: Well, that means to state the obvious is, is that really at the crux of it, that because there has been difficult times in RTE, and again we heard from Kira Malouli in the first hour that they, the place hasn't always been gilded, and a lot of the times people don't feel like they've had the resources to do their jobs properly. But that RTE workers have been through rounds of cost-cutting, of rounds of trying to pare back salaries and that was all at least underpinned or supported by the idea that they were all in it together.
2: Well, well, I sat across like Brian Stanley from the table with Dee Forbes. Uh, I had boxes of tissues ready to give the senior management team in RTE as they cried about how badly they were uh, being treated and in fairness the financial crisis in RTE some of it has its its origins in a failure to reform the, the licence visa uh, mm. a, a, a collection system and that affects other organisations not just RTE as well so yes there is the anger at that, there's the anger of being misled mm. uh, by people who, who were or should have been in the know because if the director general and the financial controller didn't know they should have had, uh, they're on very good salaries. Uh, But also being misled by people inadvertently. Industrial relations and employee relations depends on trust. That's the only currency. And the currency that our members deal with who bring the news every day to the people of Ireland, Mm. that currency is also trust. And I know from when journalists go out over the last couple of days, they are getting it in the neck too. And it's actually nothing got to do with them, but it inhibits their ability to do their job. Mm.
0: Um, Valerie Cox um, is with us, formerly of RT, of course, famously as well. Valerie, thank you for for taking our call this lunchtime. Um, to your mind, uh, what can be done or, or is it possible? or What gestures could RTE make to try and rebuild some of the trust that they've lost in the last 72 hours?
3: going to be very difficult because, you know, I worked for 25 years as a reporter in RTE and we always had a feel good factor about the organisation. I mean, I would say among the producers, the staff, the researchers, the reporters, there was a very high standard of trust between us and the people we worked with and the people we interviewed. And it's going to be very, very difficult to restore that because there's always been this attitude of pulling together as a team and being very careful about what we did and how we went about, particularly things like sensitive interviews and so on. So for this to be seen, for this to happen, um, among the people who sort of looked after us and looked after our wages and the finances of the organisation, it's not only made everybody very angry. I mean, I know I've left now, and they're not just angry, they're very hurt as well that something like this could happen. Mm. I mean, every time when the organisation has called for assistance in cutting down costs, cutting wages, all of that, everybody's been on board, and the union's been on board. But suddenly then, you find out something like this and I don't know how they're going to fix it. And um, It also depends very much on whether this is all there is. Or as uh, they're suggesting now, maybe it's only the tip of the iceberg. Maybe there are other sweethearties. What it smacks of is, I don't know if you probably don't remember, but the early days of local radio and indeed pirate radio. I mean, I know one instance of the actually in cakes in a deal with a bakery. You know, I mean, that sort of thing. And even then, okay. of course, everybody knew about it. But
0: the thing is, nobody knew. And that's why we're to okay. uh, Valor, I think we got the gist of that point, but I think we're beginning to lose you on, on the mobile line. So we're, we'll just uh, let you go and then try and give you a call back in just a moment to see if we can get a slightly better line. Um, Brian Stanley, you want us to come in on that?
1: Yeah, just on the on the classification on on the situation regarding the workforce. Mm. I, I have great sympathy for the workforce, the the journalists and the ordinary staff out there. There's over one hundred of those workers and contract. You know, if we look at the contrast between the, the treatment of Brian Herberty and others at the top. And the ordinary workers in it, over 100 workers had to be had to be reclassified mm. because there weren't there wasn't uh, proper PRSI payments being made for them. Yeah, they were wrongly classified. classified as self-employed. Yes, and, yeah. and, and 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 as we speak, the Department of Social Protection is investigating hundreds of other of uh, hundreds of other uh, cases mm. where workers are, uh, may not be properly classified. And uh, Seamus will know more about this than I do. But the Public Accounts Committee uh, examined this very very carefully. And there was also, you know, uh, RT had to make a settlement, which uh, which D Forbes was very reticent about informing the public accounts committee about. It took several attempts to get the answer out of yeah, him. Had he actually done a settlement, so yeah. and uh, they had denied it. They had tried to divert attention away from it yeah. and eventually they had to own up and say, yes, they did make a settlement of £1.2 million to, to, to the taxpayer.
0: On a related note to that, and uh, we read a, a text from somebody in the first hour who, who pointed out maybe some of the accountability issues that there might be because some of these top earners are not directly RTE employees. So Some of them, like, for example, Ryan Tuberty, are not employed by RTE. They are independent contractors and the money is paid to private companies uh, in their name. Does that to you present any kind of a governance issue? Because like you said there, at least RTE then is not responsible for their pension. But it, does it create some answerability questions for you?
1: Over the last couple of days, I've been looking at this. And from an accounting point of view, what went on here is absolutely appalling. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, there was a deliberate attempt at concealment and deceitful practices. There's no other, no other way you could describe it. But you can't have a system, whether they're contractors or direct employees, you can't have two financial systems, one hidden financial system and one that's through the book, so to speak. You can't do that in a public sector broadcaster. You mm. can't do it in a backstreet operation, mm. never mind in the public sector, in the major yeah. public sector broadcaster. Well, any other private company and, would, and would then have,
0: have a case to answer to the CRO course, if you'd filed things that you knew not to be true.
1: And what what amazes me is is that this was actually uh, not seen or concealed successfully mm. for, for at least five years, from what we know. Are there other cases? And you can't run this dual system of hidden money on the one hand, yeah. some some kind of a backroom operation, which seems to be what have been what has been happening here yeah. within 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 the commercial sector of RTE mm. and the financial system dealing with the stuff that goes through the books.
0: Um, Seamus. Maybe on the flip side, are higher earners in RTE sometimes scapegoated? Because there's there's the annual media focus and the attention that's paid to the salaries of people like uh, Ryan Tuberty and others who appear in the top 10 earners list. When in truth, RTE is, is a company that plays close to, a, it gets income of, of close to half a billion euro each year. In the grand scheme of things, what the top top talent are paid is not really a, a massive amount of the overall pie.
2: You You've never heard me calling for top earners to have their pay cut and their, you know, politicians are very good at giving the top earners punishment beatings. It's, yeah, I could write the script and I don't necessarily include Brian in this, in Mm. fairness to him, but the reality is it's a very popular line. But it's a bit of a distraction. It's like, there are moral issues there and I think there are issues about the scale of some of the earnings, but RTE is dual funded. It is funded by the by commercial earnings and by tax mm. and to a licence fee. And therefore, there is a commercial element to mm-hmm. it. And I recognise that. I'd rather if it wasn't dual funded, I think it would make more sense. But within if, that...
0: If, if it were funded by the, the licence fee only.
2: Oh, I, I agree with the report of the future of the Media Commission. But that's not the position we're in. There is a commercial division. But that does not exempt RTE from ensuring that the same ethos applies to the commercial uh, wing as to everything else. It's vital that that's preserved. There is no justification and the board has now changed that mm-hmm. that the commercial wing would not come under the the uh, purview, the, the supervision of the finance, Chief Financial Officer there's no justification for that it makes no sense Okay. Uh,
0: one texter says Gavin this scandal on the national broadcaster is being reported around the world it's very hard on Irish people who are getting the hop balls about Irish being shifty and dishonest it's very damaging and embarrassing S is that texter uh, Valerie Cox is back on the line Valerie you're making the point um, but before we lost you first time about um, whether there might be more to this or more examples if this is a, an isolated incident do you think it will be truly damaging to the faith and the trust that people have when they're talking to RTE journalists and reporters? Because you suggested there that there might be an issue with people trusting RTE staff on the ground in future. Would it really be that profound if it turns out this was an isolated practice?
4: No, if it was an isolated practice, I mean, obviously there's going to be uh, feedback for quite a while. And I think staff are going to suffer as a result. But it also depends very, very much on what the Minister for Media is going to do about this. I mean, mm-hmm. there, at the moment, there is, and for many, many years, there's been this huge gulf between the board of directors and the ordinary people in RTÉ. I mean, they even operate out of a separate building, and there would be no contact between the ordinary workers and the board and maybe they need to be a little bit more hands-on explaining what they're doing how they're doing it but i also think that you know we're going to have various investigations and so on and we get to the bottom of this and i don't think the level of pay for the talent is anything to do with this of course it's not you do, know do you think the
0: level, pay the level of pay for top talent is justified do you think that there is a private market that could command the same wage elsewhere in ireland
4: of course People can go off to other organisations. They can go abroad. They can work in Europe, and we see many people do that. So yes, I mean I think their high uh, pay is justified, but people have to be told about it you don't go hiding it like this it's a ridiculous situation so i think you know you've got to rebuild that trust and to rebuild that trust i think we need a bit of restructuring i think maybe we need another layer um between the board and uh, people and finance we have to put in some sort of proper corporate governance. which obviously if this report is true um which it seems to be and then there we don't have proper corporate governance at the moment so let's get that in place and if people see that happening i think they will realize this was a huge mistake heads are going to roll people are going to have to leave i think um i don't think you can have the same people operating in the future mm. who operated on this particular and who took these decisions. I, I don't think that's going to work and certainly I don't think that the people okay. who work for RTE would be happy with that.
0: James, you wanted to come back in on that?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with Valerie. I think it is important to, and it's confusing for listeners. There are two boards. There's the board and then there's the executive mm. board. So the executive board are the, the day-to-day uh, managers. They're the day-to-day managers and they are the people who have questions to answer. The, In fairness, once the auditor identified uh, a problem, it is clear that the, the board of RTE acted swiftly under the new chair. There is also a new director general coming in, and I have been impressed by the approach of the interim deputy director. Uh, so I think that there, you know, we can't assume that we're all going to be ruined forever as a result of this. What is important is the who and why of the arrangement that was put in place. Valerie is right in relation to that. That needs to be addressed. I think the notion and, and w- that this is about the culture of RTE rather than just this incident. So the bogus self-employed issue is that Drummye had been beaten for 20 years. Mm. We as a union also had to go use the, the Freedom of Information Act to access a report on the climate within current affairs in RTE which had been an issue of real concern. Mm. That report is coming down the tracks as well. That's going to be also I think very sensitive for RTE. We shouldn't have had to go to the Freedom of Information Commissioner to get that information. No. There is a need ethos there which is at odds with being a public service broadcaster. You can't run a campaign which says, Trust me, I'm the public service broadcaster, but we ha- we have this information, we're going to hold it. Yeah. So there's an ethos there above and beyond this. And but that doesn't and I think it's really important to say this, that doesn't impede the ability of journalists to do their work, but it makes it bloody hard for the public to trust them.
0: Yeah. Um, One texture says, hi, Gavin, regarding the Tuberty scandal, I couldn't afford the TV license in one lump sum. I'm playing quarterly now as a result. And since last week, and I hear this, it's a disgrace. I'm nearly at the point of cancelling it, uh, says Derek. Um, It is required by law. Uh, Derek, I I will say that much, uh, but you you make whatever decision you like. It it, it is legally required. Um, Final question to you, um, Brian Stanley as chair of the PAC. You guys are going to be having your hearing on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Separately, the Oireachtas Committee on Tourism and Media is trying to have hearings on Wednesday afternoon. Um, Are we going to have the usual show trial stuff where Oireachtas committees are trying to out egg each other and trying to get their space on the TV news where it ends up becoming more about uh, heat
1: and not about light? Well, there's the whole issue of uh, monitoring the media, and there's the whole issue of the, of, of of the committee uh, having the two committees having separate roles. And so what it, what it, is the it, separate roles? Well, so you're, well, you're well, about the money and then well, the trust. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah, but the PAC obviously, PAC goes after the money, and I think in this case, you know, that what I would say to you is this: is that the, you you mentioned the whole the, the whole the whole notion of trying to restore trust. And the quickest way and the most effective way of restoring trust is everything out as quick as possible, out, out in the daylight where people can see it. Uh, the review that the government, that the minister announced yesterday, is the minimum that's needed immediately. Mm. Review of corporate governance and R T, But we also need full scrutiny of all financial systems and accounts. Uh, and that needs to be done by external auditors. We need, uh, we need that review that the government's done to, uh, that they have commissioned, that needs to be done quickly, and they need to publish the terms of reference within the next yeah. within the coming days. And we, we, do, yeah. and we need an end to any kind of a dual system, any kind of a dual accountancy system within at the top of RTE, where where money that's questionable or shaky or a little bit dodgy looking mm. is hidden and it's in some some kind of a backroom account. Mm. We can't have that. That that is no longer tolerable it's
0: okay. just
2: in, in, in the modern day
0: I do need to wrap up a finally final word Seamus
2: yeah, I, I would say that I have seen no evidence of the illegality but that is a very low bar the public service broadcaster must operate must be above reproach and must act in a moral and ethical fa- passion even if no I- illegality has occurred uh,
0: Seamus Dooley Irish Secretary of the National Union of Journalists and Brian Stanley Chair of the PAC the PAC holding its hearing uh, with authority figures on Thursday afternoon the Oireachtas Committee on Tourism and Media holding its own on Wednesday afternoon full detail Of it, of course, uh, here on News Talk and on NewsTalk.com. On
3: the record
1: with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11.
3: Brought to you by PWC. Great minds think unalike Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.